Season 3, Episode 9 of Only Murders in the Building 30 is over, but we're just getting started here on post-show recaps. That's right. It's the Only Murders podcast on post-show recaps, where we are here to break down the Hulu series third season, episode by episode. And your ears do not deceive you. I am not Josh Wiggler. In fact, I am Troy. But I am not here alone because I am once again joined by the delightful and wonderful Jess. Uh, Jess Sterling, hello. Welcome back to the Only Murders in the Building podcast. Thank you for having me. So delighted to be here on this really incredible episode. Well, I could not bring myself to go out on stage without a member of my knitting circle to join me here. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, Jess, you answered the call. You fought through the traffic at the UN in Midtown. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Uh, You are not only here on the podcast listening uh, in audio form, if our listeners may be, you are also here on the video. On yes, the my YouTube. delightful face. Look at the delightful face with yeah. some lovely plants behind you <laughs> and a bulletin board. <laughs> I mean, look at that. That could very easily be a murder board, Jess. It could uh, be a murder board if it needed to be a murder board. I hope it never needs to be a murder board. <laughs> I would watch it, though. I would so watch it. Yeah. Uh, you. <laughs> You absolutely would be, I think you would make a fantastic uh, murder mystery solver. I I think I would be okay at it. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I would be the best at it, but I would, I mean, I could get some red yarn, you know, I could draw some lines together. I just feel like I could make something happen. Okay, well, today you are going to draw some red lines together with yarn, but they're going to be metaphorical. You're going to have to use the power of your voice, as Ursula once said. Uh, And if you want to listen to the power of our voices, uh, me, Troy, slash DJ LaBelle Klein, or my typical co-host, Josh, when he rejoins us for the finale, uh, you could listen to us at postshowrecaps.com slash onlymurders. It's the only, only murders feed to follow us here as we're going to have one more episode after today, this ninth episode, wherein all the secrets will be revealed unless they give us some type of a cliff or Donna hanger here. Mm -hmm. uh, And we have to wait until gasp, possibly a season four. I don't know. Uh, but if you want to follow us, follow us at uh, postshowrecaps.com slash onlymurders. If you want to be a patron for Post Show Recaps, you can do postshowrecaps.com slash Patreon. You can join me and Jess in the Discord. You can play some D&D. You could theorize like many have about what's happening this season or talk about any of the other television shows, both scripted and unscripted, you know and love. Jess, Survivor's coming back. Big Brother is in the thick of it. We got traitors. It's a great time to hang out with so nerds much who like TV. Going on. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, shockingly there's no shortage of television given like i mean the strike hey seemingly uh, over on one side great Mm -hmm. news fantabulous news um but at the same point in time it's like shocking how much tv there actually is so plenty of places to talk about different styles whatever type of tv you're into in the patron discord for sure uh well we would love to have you join us there we would also love to have you join us on the rest of this journey through this episode It was a big one, Jess. Uh, We're going to do a recap here in a second, but just like initial thoughts, what do people need to know at the top of the fold here? 
what what was your experience with episode nine and no shortage of big reveals here i feel like we get not just one but like two massive bits of information that certainly have been speculated about i feel like when you are both podcasting about this type of show and in a community that likes to discuss a mystery type of show there are so many people throwing around theories that like someone's bound to get something right especially if you're mm. critically analyzing a show like this so was i exactly surprised at everything that got revealed not necessarily but i still feel like it was done in such a good way that i don't care that mm. i wasn't like <gasps> you know i didn't do the like theater gasp when i uh. saw it but it was still so 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 enjoyable very much so i think if you are someone like myself who enjoys being right and enjoys theories paying who off doesn't enjoy the being right dopamine <laughs> firing off in my head was uncanny uh, I am in love with uh, being right on theories like Ben Glenroy is in love with cookies. I don't quite make the same faces, but I do enjoy mm -hmm. it. Now, I will admit when I am wrong, and boy, do I feel like come the end of this season, I'm going to have to do a lot of admitting that I was wrong. Yeah. Because I do think some of my murder picks, my murderer picks that we uh, selected at the top of the season, not going to pay off. But mm -hmm. I still got some horses in this race, and, and we'll talk about that more as we get into this episode. Jess, I'll ask one last question before the recap here. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of reveals. We'll get into what they are and what they could mean. I just want to ask one question for people to ponder as they think through this recap. Jess, do you believe everything that we saw on this episode? Mm, this is an interesting question because obviously we get a visual representation about what the trio is discussing. So it's like, it's hard when you see it like that to not believe it because it's literally in front of your face. Um, while I do believe what we've seen, I also think it is not the entire story and there are still mysteries to be revealed, clarified, that type of thing. Okay, there you've heard it here, Jess. You believe what you've seen, but you have not seen it all. I think exactly. that's, that's a very safe place to be in. Mm -hmm. Well, then with that as the preface, let's do a quick recap of what happened on Season 3, Episode 9 of Only Murders in the Building. The besties are back! Oliver is alive, thank goodness. So... Let's return to the murder board. The trio is tasked with proving Loretta's innocence in under 24 hours. First stop, Dickie's place to prove his guilt and clear Loretta's name. The group learns that Ben frequented a brothel with five women who have remarkably good drag grace names. <laughs> Turns out they're not sex workers but older seamstresses who helped Ben make the hankies. They receive a telephone call on opening night about how lonely he felt and how he needed them there. Loretta had been advising Dickie to quit his job working for Ben, and that was the cause of the fight between Ben and Loretta. Howard arrives with the shredded paperwork pieced together and it's the unpublished review that Maxine wrote. Tick, got that one right. Ben's performance did not impress, and it would have tanked the show. Turns out, co-producer Donna 
uttered an exact phrase from the review word for word. It seems like the murderer was a mother looking out for her son, but just not the mother we all thought. So let's break this down. Ben's stress levels were through the roof, and the only thing that would make him feel better? A scrumptious, forbidden cookie sitting in his dressing room. A cookie from the same bakery that Donna ordered from for Oliver during his health crisis. Come on, Donna, get it to me. Donna tells Ben to do whatever it takes to get him through this night. He houses the forbidden cookie, but the rat poison she put on it isn't enough to kill him. So she finishes the job at the elevator shop. The trio race to the courthouse with Mabel enjoys unused wedding dress so they can get a father of the bride joking to stop Loretta's arraignment. Unfortunately, when they arrive, Donna is also there. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! Beautiful. You should read audiobooks. <laughs> take everyone. Hadn't even read through it. Uh, Absolutely incredible. Yeah, the, whoever wrote yeah, these, they just they just flow. Just, yeah, gotta just say it's incredible writing. Um, but the thing is, is this is what I love about this show is that while they did kind of confirm some stuff that we had, you know, you had speculated about with Josh on the podcast, some of which was speculated about in our patron discord that we talked about earlier. Um, I still like felt it was very, very exciting. All of the ramping up to this moment of the reveal of like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. It was a cookie in his dressing room. And that rat poison, you know, Chekhov's rat poison comes back into play here. Now I don't, I don't, uh, frequently handle rat poison I have to say it oh. feels like a very like old school way of murdering someone is like poisoning them with rat poison I didn't realize it looked so much like a powdered sugar substance mm. <laughs> I feel like yeah. maybe they need to redo that so it's not so like easily confused yeah i think we might need to get zed back on the podcast and ask them about like is rat poison just stored in the open and stage manager offices and broadway uh mm -hmm. wouldn't wouldn't shock me um but yeah we got the nice yellow box and you just sprinkle just a little oh, dusting just a little dust. that's got to change the flavor though right like rat poison can't possibly taste good. One would think, although maybe if he really did, like if it was a, a, a dire enough search situation where he's that nervous and he's just like, nom, 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 you know, maybe he just, when my dog eats things quickly, I can't imagine he tastes much of it. So maybe <laughs> Ben is the same way, you know, he's just like swallowing this cookie whole, but I I, mean, it does make what? sense to me that it's not enough to kill him, you know, which I is mean, a sprinkle. Can we just start there, Jess, though? Can we yeah. just start at the scene of Paul Rudd eating this cookie? Because when I think back on all the things I'm going to remember from this episode mm -hmm. and maybe even from this season, it is that 20-minute scene of the biggest close-up on Paul Rudd's, Paul Rudd's face having what could only be described as an orgasmic reaction to a yeah. poisoned cookie. Wow. He's really into it. He's he really feels the way about it. cookies. Like Oliver feels, you know, how Oliver feels about dip. Um, mm -hmm. I love food, right? Like <laughs> I am no stranger to loving and adoring food. I don't know that I make 
the, the yummy noises that were being made this episode by multiple characters. But I do understand it. Have you, you ever talked to food in a covetous manner as both Oliver and Ben did in this episode? I don't think so. I mean, I feel like that's kind of a like, <laughs> you do that when you're on your own. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was just thinking, I was like, what is my answer to this question? Am I, what a question to ask Jess. But I was like, what's my, my answer is like, yeah, I want to buy myself. And like yeah, when a you're plate alone. of Skyline spaghetti, like gets put in front of me. I'm like, yeah, boy like yeah <laughs> you're like you are going in here right now like you you know what i mean like yeah, I, that I, I say it like that but... <laughs> i do think there is something to that though of like being like oh look at you you like you know what i mean get in my mouth i have i have caught myself on occasion and look you know i'm a larger person i'm a person of size let's just call it i have caught myself on occasion doing the like delectable fingers thing before i dip into something especially yeah like, you do like the little fingerly <laughs> I know it's almost like for people who are because this is an audio medium mostly uh, for people who aren't watching the YouTube video you should be because this is ridiculous um but also it's kind of like a spirit finger but like mm -hmm. you know because you just like oh the wait spirit to is the flavor that will consume me yeah <laughs> uh so is what I'm taking away from this conversation that poisoning is a good method to get both of us if you want to take us out I mean obviously not we just get grievously ill like you'd mm. have to then shove us down an elevator shaft <laughs> yeah this is true every time i eat eggs just throw me down an elevator shaft it's fine <laughs> um okay well then let's let's get a little bit back into the theorizing which is mm -hmm. uh, uh the 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 central theme the central story here is who killed ben glenroy and ultimately the resolution the belief that the trio has that it was donna so let's just pick apart that theory a little mm -hmm. bit i think the motivation becomes really clear once we have the evidence of the review right and the opportunity seems pretty straightforward but i guess just like how much do we want to pick apart this timeline? Like it is certainly not an unbreakable timeline. There's plenty no. of opportunity for someone else to have either done the poisoning or certainly to have done the second killing. Right. Definitely. I feel more certain about the fact that it probably wasn't Donna who shoved him down the elevator shaft one, because we didn't, they did not give us the visual clue mm. of that happening in this episode so to me that's a little less uh ironclad than what we saw um and i mean it's very funny to me right i feel like in a lot of murder mysteries they always talk about how and i don't know how true this is now or if this is a myth um i don't really know but they always say like poison is uh what women use to kill people which would track with donna right elevator shaft not poison could it mm. be, I, I really feel like this could be a situation where Cliff finds out what Donna did and finishes the job with the elevator push. Like it, to mm. me, it doesn't really track that it would be Donna. Now the timeline of things that happen here, it's like, what a 30 minute timeline. It's a very, very tight timeline. And we've already, I feel like ruled out so many people. Um, and Who is off we, the board for you, Jess? I feel like Kimber is just like non-existent at this point. I, it can't be her in my opinion. Um, I think like to me, the people that still could come in and be these like sleeper picks of like, they were involved somehow. And maybe it's a situation where it's 
um, it's not associated at all with, with Donna. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to necessarily be someone who's working in tandem with Donna. It could be someone who also just wants Ben dead. You know, there's no shortage of people that had motive to kill him. To me, like, I still have sus on Tobert, who has been mm. mysteriously gone for a while. Pretty, pretty inconspicuous. He just kind yeah. of slid in in this episode. Yeah. And then the only other person that I'm a little suspicious of, and it's a very small suspicion, but it is Josh's tater top pick of Howard. Because Ooh. if, what if he, he's like, he's helping out. I forget. Do you remember what his title is with, with Oliver? I can't, I can't recall. I mean, he might Stage be assistant manager to the director, assistant director or something like that. He's also invested in the success of this play. This is true. Now, if he's stitching together this whole review thing, right? He's the one who's putting the shredded paper back together. And it's to clear his own name of suspicion. I, we haven't investigated the idea that, you know, people get close to the investigation to uh, to possibly clear their name of suspicion. Um, I think where I struggle with Howard as a tater tot pick at this point, as a potential murderer, is... He has, like, given real legitimate valuable evidence that was not previously in the story, right? Like, the idea mm -hmm. that he heard the shredder and then he wasn't sure about it and then he realized that and then he found all the strips of paper there and then he ultimately solved it. Now, I will say it is very convenient that mm -hmm. he was able to work alone and stitch exactly. together that review with no one there right he yeah. couldn't do it while mabel was present but he could do it when he was by himself so there is something around it would be a reasonable cover for himself that he could manufacture this entire story about the shredder and stitching it back together and potentially pointing fingers at donna i i guess yeah. you know we got a whole episode's worth of making that feel justified it's, it's possible and i think you're the thing that you're like you're so spot on with saying that he he did work alone in putting the and i was shocked that like mabel and crew were comfortable with letting someone who could seriously be a suspect in this murder be so involved in the stitching together of this paper what are you gonna you do know? are you gonna are you gonna sit there and stitch it together it's mabel's birthday she ain't mabel said she's good at puzzles nobody got time for that absolutely no way right she gave, like but look you want to be on the think... podcast put it together <laughs> i also think though howard is like, I, he's not a really a serious uh, pick for me, a serious contender, right. just because he's such a nervous Nelly. I don't know how he keeps this to himself. As a fellow anxious person, how does he not spill the beans? Yeah, well, and he, like, keep in mind, he came in middle of the season and said, I killed him when he thought that he killed him because it's of the ghost too. curse, right? Like, is this a thing that an actual murderer would do? Like, gosh, you really... You really yeah. got to be playing 4D chess on that one. They do to... say murderers like to be involved in the murder investigation of the person they murdered. This so... is true. I do think if I'm going to take that currency and slop it down at the foot of someone, it's going to be someone without a T in their name or without an R in their name. It's Tobert. I mean, I think that he has one R, I guess, just not two. Um, <laughs> I think Tobert. It's really confusing. Look, okay. <laughs> it's very Don't confusing. Don't name your kids Tobert. autocorrect still doesn't understand that Tobert is a name on a show. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, it's wild. I, I I, mean, he's definitely absent. He does make a reappearance. His recording. I thought for sure we were going to have some like hidden recordings on the GoPro. Same. Yes, Surprised because it was his that. GoPro. Maybe we still get that in episode 10, right? And they just conveniently delay that for our sake. Mm -hmm. um,
I just kind of want to like step back to the original start of this conversation of like the Donna of it all, right? Mm -hmm. If it turns out that the Donna was the, the original poisoner, I'm fine with that. If it turns out that that was just a facade and a lie that was told by someone else, you know, maybe Cliff was the original poisoner because the scene I just recently rewatched before we recorded was the scene where Cliff was the first person trying to push cookies on Ben, right? So there could be something there where like Donna didn't poison, but maybe Donna is covering for Cliff, right? And so there could be some options of, of how that works. Um, you know, and, and then even if Donna is the original poisoner, I still think we have the entire field open as to who could be the secondary killer. Uh, and a good example of who could be second could be Dickie. We spend a lot of time with Dickie and investigating the relationship between Dickie and Ben. So I guess, Jess, my question is, what is your take on Ben or on Dickie? How high is the sus meter for Dickie coming out of this episode for you? I really don't think it's Dicky at this point. And maybe he has me completely snowed, right? Like maybe he, I should be more suspicious of him. I guess it's because there was so much, like he nearly got arrested. <laughs> um, and so there's just so much there. I mean, the only thing I'm thinking that could be possible is he find, finds out Loretta is his mom before she like has the chance to tell him or Ben, sorry, Ben finds out or something doesn't tell Dickie Dickie gets fed up and finally pushes him. He could be the one who pushes him. Um, gosh, I what, just what about, what about him. the like relief theory that when I thought Ben was dead, I felt relieved. And then when he came back into my life, I was so overcome with the like pressure of being back in his life. Uh, I just found myself pushing him and I feel an immense amount of regret for it. Like it could yeah. also explain why. And I, I think this was revealed this episode, but why Dickie admitted to messing up with Ben's drug test in order to cover up his blood work. Yeah. I guess I just like, I believed his story about wearing the, wearing the Cobra outfit and going to snitches, get stitches, which is like, okay. The best. I think ever. it's time. I think it's just, I think it's time. Yeah, we, we talk about them. <laughs> I, I don't know what terminology we should use. Uh, well, we should use the terminology of the show, but Snitches Get Stitches is, first of all, an incredible name. And as someone who has come up with several names for various stores in a D&D &D setting, mm -hmm. I wish I'd have thought of that for my local seamstress, Lynette. Uh, it's perfect. It's beautiful. It's everything because when, when Dickie asks uh ben where he's going he keeps saying snitches get stitches <laughs> he's telling amazing. the truth it's incredible and i think like the the show does a great job i mean listen it's paul rudd you know what i mean like paul yeah. rudd is playing ben he's lovable no matter what because he's paul rudd um but the fact that we have this guy who's very famous could have anything he wants any person he wants like get anything he wants he he feels very lonely and isolated and the fact that he meets these like seem these older women who are seamstresses who help him make those hankies Ugh. is so sweet, and of course endears you to this character that is dead, and you already are like, well, that kind of sucks for that guy. But it really does like dimensionalize the character of Ben, who has been told to us to be like quite the a hole, you know? 
Right. And and it and it fits within the character that he would, and I quote this from the show, do sex with his five whores. Uh, yeah. Certainly a line worth re- writing down. Uh, also, I got wasted, put on Ben's Cobro suit, and went looking for drugs and whores. Who wouldn't? What are we doing here? What are what like this is what I do love about the show is that we have yeah. wrapped up in this mystery, these incredible characters and in writing that like lead us down a route of absurdity where we get a chance to meet, and I quote again, Trixie, Marigold, Emerald, Dot, and May May. The five murdering mysteries. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's like a real cell block tangle situation going on here. Uh Jess, I I don't know what to say about this other than like this is what I like. This is the meat. This is the stake of only murders is we suddenly have introduced something totally new and I'm totally okay with it because it's totally hilarious. It's incredible and I it just it does add a special touch to the show, right? It explains the hankies and it not only explains Which the Which is hankies, not something I had even wondered about. Ex- yeah, but it also just like Right, we knew he'd given them as a gift to people, but we had no idea that he made them himself and that he was giving them to everyone because he felt so terrible how that how he had treated people. And it also makes me wonder, I don't know if you thought about this Troy, but like is there a reason that suddenly Ben did feel guilty about treating people poorly? Like what is it that what is it that is in his conscience that is like having him do this is it mm. the whole dicky situation where you know he finds out from loretta that but then he'd already made the hankies by then i guess so i don't know like what is it that in his heart is like i have to i need redemption of some sort mm. that's a great question because I, I i think one of the things the lessons that i'm going to take away from this episode is sometimes there are questions you forget to ask where the answer is really important to the story one of the questions we forgot to ask is why hankies how hankies yeah right like what is why is he giving those out and where do they come from right so similarly i think you're asking uh, another question that is really worth asking whether we get an answer or not what is it about ben's experience that compelled him to do this Mm -hmm. why does he suddenly have this level of self-awareness that he wants to win people over is there something there that we could uncover you know, does he learn the true nature of Loretta and Dickie's relationship in some way? And does that change something? Yeah. Does he suddenly identify with the role in some way, right? Does he have a breakthrough with Oliver? I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm theorizing here, but the idea that, I mean, what we've done essentially is we've turned a joke character for eight episodes and in one episode grounded him and given him a level of like pathos that I genuinely felt bad for the guy. Of course, because I mean, he's still a human being and as rich as he is and everything, like we all know, like money can't buy love. They made a lot of songs about that sentiment. And I mean, he is lonely and he is isolated in a lot of ways. And it makes me wonder if, if we've seen Ben have a heart in that respect it also makes me wonder if he did find out about Dickie and Loretta and not from Loretta herself, but he's a man of means. You know what I mean? Money can buy a lot of things, mostly information. 
And did he ever get curious about who his brother's mother and, you know, and father were? Did he ever get curious about that? Some say he's a little bit self-centered and probably not. But in these moments where we see him have a heart, could it could be that he did know about that all along. Um, again, it, I don't know how pertinent that information is, if it changes anything. But it did make me wonder, like, okay, we're seeing a different side to Ben that we haven't seen before. Um, and it it made me really sad for him, especially when we find out that the women just aren't going to make it to the show. It's, it's yeah. very devastating. Let me tell you, as someone who nearly missed a brunch in New York last weekend because of UN traffic, it is real. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. When the UN's in session, it will mess up Midtown and everything around. Uh, so uh, definitely take the train. Uh, don't try and take an Uber because it's going to force you downtown in a direction you don't want to go and you can't turn around and you have to get out of Boy, I'm I'm speaking from really bad personal experience here. Here's mm-hmm. what I want to know, Jess. Uh, Jess, you, you talked about, okay, we felt, feel a little bit bad for Ben. We also have to be a little bit happy because Ben found a hobby. Uh, where does, where does knitting, where does joining a knitting circle fall on the list of like hobbies that you would expect a a celebrity to be a part of, uh, or, or hobbies. Like if you suddenly met a guy and he's like, I am in a knitting circle with five women over 65 and I go to them every week. Like that's kind of a green flag to me. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I feel like, uh, older women, like, let's be real. They could be like a hoot and holler to hang out with. So it, yeah, if you're going to do anything that kind of goes against the grain of what is expected of you in terms of hobbies, I'm all for that. I thought it was adorable. I loved the entire story. I loved getting to hear the the voicemail from Ben to to May May. Just an adorable old lady name. I can't. Um, do you, Do you feel that a ladder is a good way to get into the back room of a brothel? No, no, a ladder. And who just carries a ladder around New York City? Who just has a ladder they can casually carry around down the streets of New York City? Angelina Cardona uh, from Survivor. Yes, no. Fair. I, I personally thought Charles's attempt at just crying was better, but both of them seem to have terrible plans that weren't going to work at all. Well, okay. So let's let's talk about this, right? This is the other, I think, storyline of this episode. Obviously, we have the unfolding of the events of the night of Ben's murder, but we also have the gang is back together. The besties are back, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, as we learn at the end of the episode, done on what is Mabel's 30th birthday. Happy birthday, Mabel. Yeah, 30 can be a rough one for some people. I mean, poor Mabel... <laughs> wakes up from this horrifying nightmare of like having triplets and baby <laughs> three as a microphone because it was insane it's like what are we doing uh but yeah it's um 30 can be difficult for some people for a lot of people it is like the death of their 20s and they feel like oh my gosh what am i doing with my life mabel is kind of having that like crisis at the moment where she doesn't have a place to live uh, she's she's really struggling. She's like, I don't even know what I have to celebrate. You know, I thought I'd be married to Josh Hartnett with two kids driving a Honda Odyssey, um, but she's not. But I mean, personally, for me, like I really I really enjoyed turning. Although I did turn thirty at an inopportune time during the world, um, mm. but <laughs> but I the thirties are your twenties. You know what I mean? Like your thirties are your time where you like 
you just get to be you now. Your 20s, you got to figure all that crap out. In your 30s, you're just like, I am me now. I'm a do me. I don't have everything sorted out. But guess what? Like, literally nobody does. So you're fine. Yeah. Look, when you wake up after your 30th birthday, you are more you just with back pain. Right? That's how this works. And heartburn. And heart. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you are about to turn 30, buy the Costco size like thing of Tums please and just be aware of hard cider and hard seltzer because it's gonna mess you up that is just a psa to all my 30 year old people out there it's rough but you'll get through it oh my gosh uh wow this has really turned into an advice podcast about how to turn 30 you're welcome uh you're welcome uh you're basic and you're 30 uh yeah you, look, 20s, 20s are a blur. 30s are also a blur, but just with back pain. And uh, mm-hmm. But look, you it is a time where you realize that what other people think of you just doesn't matter and shouldn't matter. And I like that Mabel has just embraced the fact that what she would most like to do on her 30th birthday is be here with her two besties doing murder stuff. Love that. Like, absolutely adorable. I'm so happy these three are back on the same page. It was fun for a while to have them a little bit disjointed and have different interests. And, you know, I think that it's common for people to get distracted by life, by romantic relationships, by other things. And that does pull them away from friends, pull them away from hobbies and interests. But I like that they're back together. Now, I wouldn't necessarily have liked Oliver giving me dip with a candle in it for my birthday like we have time we're in new york city we can get a piece of cake um joy got multiple options from magnolia in like 20 minutes yeah we could we can we can do something yeah now my question to you is (laughs) Uh is the reason am i gonna marry josh hartnett no no is the reason they have this wedding dress that comes in for joy that gets delivered like is it solely to make the father of the bride joke solely to make a father of the bride joke are they just like you know what selena gomez looks beautiful in a wedding gown (laughs) i mean she does she absolutely does look if if all they did it for was the trailer bait mission accomplished because i definitely caught it at the start of the season and was like well what's going on here right because the whole thing is preposterous like the whole conceit is preposterous and on top of that as someone who's worn a wedding gown you don't just slide on into them they're not a one size fits all fits all situation okay okay? but if you're selena gomez if you're selena i mean selena gomez and joy are very to your will because you're magical that's true she just slaps it on it just goes absolutely oh my god it goes yeah Like and 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 that's not a comment on body. It's a comment on charisma. Dresses respond to charisma. She okay? has the riz to get it she, done. <laughs> she got that wedding dress riz. Uh, but yeah, uh, that scene was a bit. Of course, it's a bit. It was, ridiculous. It was a bit much. I mean, who knows? She's now in a wedding dress for what is likely to be the start of episode ten. So mm-hmm. maybe it's going to be relevant. Uh, maybe she ends up marrying someone at the end. Uh, God, please don't marry Tom. Please and thank you. Please no. You can't marry man, a man you just met. Man wears a shirt when he has a towel wrapped around his torso. What are we doing, sir? And I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Like, if you're going to have Jesse Williams on your show and you yes. decide, hey, even though he has a towel around his waist, we're going to make him wear a shirt. That's not what we're here for. It's Jesse freaking Williams. Like... <laughs> 
are it we is, doing? It is a bit of like a promise broken, isn't it? Right. It we get a day like after it. just yeah, I feel that. Uh well, to answer your question, I do think as of right now, the jury has to go out on the idea that this was just an extended father of the bride joke, which honestly, you get someone in a wedding dress flanked by Steve Martin and Martin Short. You have to. You have to. You just have to. Yeah. Uh, and what is it? Are we at the 30th anniversary of that movie? Uh, let's see oh, here. Gosh, Father of the Bride release date. I just remember looking up how old. 91. Yeah. 90, so. 91. Okay. So we're a little bit past that, but still 30, 32 years. Um, and Steve minute. Martin does not look a day older. Uh, he acts a little bit older, but man, he looks the same. Still has the same hair. Same hair. <laughs> okay, so uh, what what do we got? We've got the rushing with the wedding dress. We've got the interrupting the arraignment, which Meryl Streep does look lovely in orange. Uh, we've got yeah. we got we got the orange jumpsuit for the arraignment here. Um, I do just want to say, as we kind of think about Mab the Mabel of it all, I made a comment, and I do think this is true. As much as I felt pity for Ben about how his story unfolded in this episode. I felt true joy for Mabel and getting to see Selena Gomez smile in this show and in this episode at the start of the episode when the group mm -hmm. got back together. Like it, it really did feel like a moment of resolve, uh, not only of the tension, but I also think for that character who, you know, one of my critiques of the show is that they have written her to be a very flat character. And I've wondered whether they're writing just to so that she can be the sarcastic straight man. And that's what's needed because Martin Short and Steve Martin are so comedic and kind of ungrounded in different ways. Certainly yeah. Oliver being the extreme of that. Or is it the case that they're kind of giving Selena Gomez a more limited emotional range to work in here? Uh, but mm -hmm. suffice it to say this entire season, like Mabel's not been pleased with a lot of people. So for her to have a moment of happiness and joy uh, for me as a viewer and someone who's been following these, these characters, it was really nice. And I really appreciated having that. Yeah. And it makes sense to me that it would happen when she's just hanging out with the buds, you know, she's hanging out with her guys. Um, I loved it. I love when she breaks out the mash as, as someone who is from that same generation, okay. that same well, time. Yes, you brought it up twice, so I can't pass it over. I think we need to play mash. Mash is what incredible. Do, uh, yeah. do I remember how to play mash? Not entirely, oh, but I have written down from freezing at the end of the yes, credit. Okay. All of the mash options. Jess, did you... Did you write this down? I did not write it down, okay. but I also know most of them from just being a kid who grew up in the 90s. So, <laughs> Okay, so uh, we have written down the options for how many kids Jess is going to have, uh, yeah. who Jess is going to marry, mm -hmm. what kind of car Jess is going to drive, yeah. and where Jess is going to live. Yeah. Uh, now, before we get started, Jess... Uh, mm -hmm. Would you like me to swap out the ones that already went to Mabel with something new? Or do you want to keep the OG Mabel ones at play? Ooh, interesting. No, let's keep the Mabel op. I mean, Josh Hartnett is not. Can we swap Josh Hartnett with like a Ryan Gosling maybe? Okay, done. Like, that's uh, like the modern, you know, Josh that's, Hartnett, That's, that's what they call top grading. Uh, I mean. That's moving on up. Yes, it is. <laughs> 
I'm not going to make the joke, but you thought it. <laughs> All right. Now, Jess, uh, you and your little gosling here. Uh, we need some random numbers, right? I need to know how many to go through yep, here. Here's, here's how you do it. So you take like a pencil or pen or whatever kind of, you know, writing utensil you have around and you make little tally marks until I say stop. And that is the number that you count down and you keep. And when you land on one, you cross it off and you keep going until you've crossed off everything but one in every section, including MASH. Because as we all know, MASH is not just the name of the game. It stands for mansion, apartment, shack and house, I believe. Oh, that's exactly right. See, I'm so glad that you're here that you could remind me how to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to play this. We're going to play the quick version of it in the podcast yeah. version. Haven't quite figured out how to do it, but guess what? We're here. We got the time. Yeah. We're going to do it. So we got MASH. Uh, we got the uh, the number of kids. We got your spouse. We got your car. Mm-hmm. And we got where you're going to live. Uh, and I just need to start making tallies. Make a couple until... tallies and I will say stop. Yeah. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. And so I need to count on this number of times and remove. Yeah, right? and I will vamp as you as you start cr- going down and crossing off things. Do, uh, do, do, do. So Nash is incredible, and I will say that when I was a kid, we we would go to play this game to the nth level, where we would not just have those categories. We added in other categories. We would add in um what color car, what color house, um what your children's names would be. I remember was one that we added. Um, it was just, we could not get enough of this game. I, I specifically remember keeping a game of mash that I played in elementary school with my friend and we were so desperate to play that she wrote, um, she used a piece of paper leaning up against the brick wall of the school. And so it all looked very jagged and messed up. Um, because <laughs> that was the only way we could Jess, <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, you will not be marrying Chris Klein. Uh, such a Chris shame. Chris Klein. Yeah, that was one of the options there. I'm pretty sure he's the guy from American Pie. Oh, uh, my gosh, it is. It is. It's the play. jock from American he's Pie. He's the jock from American Pie. This is of a very specific time and place. Pop Incredible, though. Uh, we're going to have to speed this up. Uh, yep. Jess, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to roll. I'm going to go onto Google and the good DM that I am. I'm going to roll 10d10, and we're going to count Incredible. through that. Uh, so here we go. You are not going to live in a house. You are okay. not going to have 10 children. Oh, thank you God. You are not going to marry Justin Timberlake. I'm not. You are I'm not. That. Ooh, wait. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, you are not going to live in an apartment. Okay. That's good. I don't really like apartments. You are not going to live in LA. Good. Uh, you are not going to marry Nelly. It means you're going to marry <gasps> Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Slap That's on that funny. wedding dress. Yes. Get that wedding riz going, Jess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like you might need to set up a murder board for your current husband, though, because uh, you can't be married <laughs> to two people at once. Okay. Uh, let's go here. Uh, what comes next? You will not be driving a station wagon. I'm sorry to tell okay, you. Okay, good. Good. You will not be having three kids. Okay. Uh, oh, good for you. You will not be living in Moscow. That was a possibility for... Interesting. <laughs> Could have been a choice. <laughs> that Could have been, been a, a choice. Uh, ooh, no Honda Odyssey. 
uh, no uh, Honda Odyssey. I like, a, I'm sorry. I like a Honda. It's okay. Uh, well, I think you're going to like your other two options that are left here. <laughs> like limousine or something. Uh, I don't remember what you, their options were. You and Ryan Gosling are going to have two children, Jess. Beautiful. We love you, to see it. Want to pick some names while I do the rest here? Oh, gosh. Let's see. What would Ryan Gosling? I mean, so that to be like duck related because like the goose thing. Um, Ooh. let's see. What would I mean? Ken, he has to name one of his kids Ken. Oh, and just go, he's just Ken, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Midge, Midge is Midge, also in <laughs> Midge and Ken. Midge well, and Ken, uh, have anybody seen the Barbie movie? <laughs> much like uh, a dexterous duck, you have dodged a bullet, Jess, because you mm -hmm. will not be living in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, wow, which was an option. I'm sorry to any listeners from Tallahassee, but just knowing Jess, that's just not her vibe. It's not I, I really don't like Florida. <laughs> also, I'm, so I'm not sorry. sure if this is your vibe, but that does lock in the fact that you will be living in New York City with Ryan Gosling. I mean, I can make it work if Ryan wants to. <laughs> yeah, get a place in <laughs> Brooklyn with the Gosling and Midge the Gosling and crew, Ken. Midge and Ken. Midge and Ken. You Wait, so wait, are Coney we living in a Island. shack? In well, Where are we living in? A mansion? Your options are a mansion or a shack. And oh, let's time will the mansion tell. in New York City. Come on, you baby. also are left with two options for what you're going to be driving. It's either going to be a scooter or a Lamborghini. <laughs> wow, just polar opposites there. How do you fit two kids on a scooter? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jess, you're going to have to find out because you will. <laughs> Let me tell you. Get the you helmets be... for little Midge and Ken. <laughs> You wouldn't be fitting him in a Lambo either. Let's be very clear <laughs> about true. this. But uh, <laughs> Jess, Ryan, Mitch, and Ken are going to be driving a scooter to Incredible. their house in Brooklyn, which is, it is going to be a mansion. You are going to have a mansion. I got to say, this is might be my best game of MASH ever. <laughs> I got all the good options. And you know, I will say, when I played as a kid, we always had the person who was writing it throw in sneaky, terrible options. So, like, your car could be, like, pukey green. Or, Ooh. you know what I mean? Like, always, you had to have one that was disgusting. I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm not to say it's disgusting. It's a very beautiful city. But in the current context, both Moscow and Tallahassee, for some people, could be a challenge. Not great. Also, 10 kids. No, thank you, ma'am. No, thank yeah, you, ma'am. 10 kids is an option. It's really, it's really a choice. You know what? Uh, Ken and I will just live our happy little life with mid, or excuse me, Ryan and I will live our happy life with Midge and Ken on right. our scooter driving around Brooklyn. No, but think about it. You could live in like the Rockwell. Like you could be like down on the, like on the coast with your mm -hmm. scooters connecting your private mansions. Oh, like. Our little helmets. Adorable. What are we talking about again, Jess? Is there a TV <laughs> are show doing, here? Are we doing something? Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you for playing. And that's how that we play so MASH. Uh, mm -hmm. It really needs to make a comeback. Um, it should. More, I mean, this is the thing. And not to be that person, that old crotchety person, but people with the devices, they just don't understand what it was like to be bored. <laughs> you played MASH when you were bored. I love that your old old lady version of young people is the people with the devices. The people with the devices. They have their iPads and their hootahannies and their and their little their little computer boxes. Uh well, you know, this is this is a future that you can aspire to, something you can be very excited about. It's not marrying Jeff Bakula, but you know, Ryan Gosling <laughs> will have to do. Yeah, uh, no one's gonna sneeze at Ryan Gosling. 
Uh, unless they're allergic to down, in which case uh, it's going to be a little bit difficult. Uh, okay, Jess, uh, we have covered the Mabel's birthday. We have covered the mash of it all. We have covered the poisoning. We have covered mm -hmm. the timeline. We've covered whether Dickie has been cleared of suspicion or not. Is there anything else? Is there any more crumbs mm -hmm. in this episode that we have not covered yet or little things that we should keep our eye on as we move into episode 10, the finale of season three. I just, I think the only thread that's mostly left there is, I mean, I think obviously we're going to have to get the, the Dickie finds out about Loretta. That's like yes. seemingly has to, has to happen. Um, and I also think, like, I want to see what Donna's reaction is to all of, like, because they're she's standing right there as yeah, they're why like, why is she at the arraignment? Exactly. Who does that? Who? Why is she there? I I didn't pay close enough attention, but I'm wondering, was Cliff there? I didn't see him if he mm. was. Um, but I also just think there's certainly someone else involved that pushed him down the elevator shaft. So I feel like that is going to be the big reveal of the finale. Obviously, we have to wrap Well, up unsurprisingly, you and our super listener, Ralphie, uh, agree mm -hmm. on some of this. Uh, Ralphie says, maybe I'm not just taking them at face value, but is it too easy for Donna to be the killer and, and I think that's the right question to be asking right now. Mm -hmm. When I think back on season two and the reveal of, spoiler alert, Becky Butler as the mm -hmm. killer, we really had a 180 from what we were expecting midway through that episode. Yeah. And, you know, we thought it was all leading and setting up to a syndicanning situation. And in this situation, our trio knew the better right and they built an entire scenario around that right here it seems really clear that the trio has stitched a lot together in a very fulfilling way that i enjoyed but we're now getting to the last episode and if this is all it is i would be shocked I would be surprised. They have to leave something at the end, right? Like there has to be a dessert of sorts. Like we've eaten our entree. Give us our cookies at this point and not. Well, poison, we've eaten please. our cookies. Give us our <laughs> elevator shaft. That's <laughs> really, what, that's yeah. really what, what we want to say. Yeah. I think there's actually, you know, more to be revealed here and a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, my last question for you, Jess, my last, last question, because Josh is not here to do it. I'd be remiss. If I didn't ask the question, mm -hmm. is someone going to die at the end of this episode mm. to propel a potential season four, which has not been uh, right, not been confirmed been renewed, or anything. We haven't been confirmed, and mm -hmm. that's understandable given the current climate. But like, if you're the writers, are you going to kill someone at the end of episode ten? And if so, who is mm. on the chopping block? Okay. I want to say yes because it's more fun. And yeah. I want to say Howard as much as I love Howard. Oh. He's been getting some like limelight and I'm wondering if that's going to be a bad thing. Okay. So your pick, your first pick in this draft that I've just made up mm -hmm. is that Howard is going to be killed at the end yeah. of episode 10 to propel season four. Yes. Uh, I think there's every possibility. I'll throw this out there, even though it's not going to be my pick. I think there's every possibility they could do what they did with season three, which is 
pull in a third person, pull in someone else from the outside to yeah. be the victim who is a, you know, a name or a face or someone we haven't seen before. I think, though, I think I think it'd be interesting to take someone like an Uma or a Lester, the door, front doorman, and have another yeah. murder back in the building. We yeah. already did the fake out of having the murder somewhere else and then actually have it be in the building. So, like, we maybe in this building. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Shut it down. If we do end the season with another actual murder in the actual building. Like, I think you just got to wrap it. I think yeah. you just got to you, you got to call it. Everyone uh, move out. Call it a day. Like Spider Man, turn off the dark. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just call it a day and move on. Shots fired. Um, yeah. You, no one really feels deeply fulfilling to get killed except Howard. Boy, that would be interesting. Maybe KT. Yeah. Can't, would I care, though? No, no, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't. And they care. want us to care. Like, you're going to kill Paul Rudd? We going to care. You know, this you're going to kill Howard? We're going to care. So it has to be someone we care about. You know what? Probably. Done. I've got my pick. You ready? Mm-hmm. One of the Kardashians. Bring in a Kardashian. <laughs> Not Any because I actually care. But yeah. just because I think it would would catch the headlines, people so care. Yeah, just bring in you. a Kardashian. Yeah. No, un- undo send. Look, I have look that 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 pick did not get sent by Gmail. I clicked the undo button, Jess. <laughs> I have a new pick. Yes, Taylor Swift. We kill okay. Taylor Swift at the end of season three. But, but we bring the Swifties. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the Swifties on season four? Of only murders, trying to stitch together all the murder boards with the karma boards with the like like it was in her songs all along. It was in her songs. Literally, 1989 Taylor's version has the answers to season four. I'm calling it here, Jess. If you add one plus nine plus eight plus nine, (laughs) look, Taylor's already (laughs) taken over the NFL. Now she's going to take over Hulu. It's fine. It's Mm -hmm. fine. But but yeah, I have a hot take that uh, they need Swifties to write the next National Treasure movie. I would so be down for Swifties (laughs) to write the next season of Only Murders in the Building. Mm -hmm. Incredible! Can't wait to see it. it. Pump it into my veins. That's the bad blood (laughs) I want. Uh, Jess, it was. A thrill to have you here. Uh, thank you so much for standing in for my co-host. I'm not going to tell him that I enjoyed your company better, but if you'd like to believe that, you're certainly welcome to. Of course I'm going to believe that. <laughs> because it's true. It's true. Exactly. We had a lot of fun. Would I have played MASH with Josh? No, I would not. No, no. He doesn't know how to play MASH. <laughs> he doesn't. You really bailed me out on that one. Uh, any final thoughts before we go into the season finale and we wrap up this season of podcasts on Post Show Recaps Only Murders? I've really enjoyed this season much more than I thought I would. I think I this will probably slot in. I still think like the first season is just there, there's something magical about that season. Um, but I do think this is probably second best in my mm. in my ring. I mean, obviously we'll see how they wrap it up, but I've really enjoyed it. I thought they did a really good job at giving us something that is creative and interesting. And of course, we have Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd. Like you, you pretty much can't go wrong. It's a success story with those two names on it. 
uh, I would say it's very much a Simone Biles season where the stakes are high and it's all mm-hmm. about whether she could stick the landing and Simone Biles sticks the landing. Right. So I mm-hmm. think that uh, I feel strong so far. We have two seasons where they've stuck the landing. We've already made incredible use of these guest stars and Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep. We've done some creative things with Martin Short and Steve Martin and Selena. Go- like we've we've gone places and we've done yeah. stuff that we haven't done before. Um, I, I'm hopeful for a solid season ending and and maybe future things. Um, uh, but thrilled to have you here, Jess. Thank you so much. If people are looking for you out in the wild internet, where can people find you? You can find me at the Jess Sterling on Twitter. You can hear my voice on a few different podcasts on Posher Recaps. I'm talking about billions with Josh. That has been a ton of fun. Sex education is on again. If you have not checked out this show, it's a Netflix show. Uh, it is a UK raunchy teen comedy. It is so stellar. I know it doesn't sound very serious, but it, it gets the emotional beats. It just does them so well. The fourth and final season is out now. Check that out. I'm podcasting about it with Ariel and Adam here on Posture Recaps. And it's and also course, co- it's also co-hosted by Trixie and Mayor Gold and Emerald. And obviously, May they are May. also co-hosts. Yeah, yeah. May May has wanted... to be there. May May is the host. The know? host. I mean, jealous of. everyone else is a co-host to May May exactly uh so that's where you can find me uh and yeah i'm just walking around these posha recap streets all day love it well if you want to find me i am at dj labelle klein because you know we got to keep our real life and our fake life separate so mm-hmm. find me on twitter at dj labelle klein and we'll talk about uh this show or whatever else might be coming up in the future uh as always if you want to follow us find us at postshowrecaps.com slash only murders join the patreon all those other things but really what i want you to do is join us next week as we come into episode 10 the finale of only murders in the building it'd be a good one jess i cannot wait you're gonna marry ryan gosling (laughs) Ha 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 ha